Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 82. God has taken this place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Give justice to the weak and the orphan. Maintain the right of the lowly and the destitute. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk around in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I say, you are gods, children of the Most High, all of you. Nevertheless, you shall drink like mortals and fall like any prince. Rise up, O God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 and 10 through 26. But the Israelites broke faith in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the Israelites. The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. Why have you fallen upon your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I imposed on them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have acted deceitfully, and they have put them among their own belongings. Therefore the Israelites are unable to stand before their enemies. They turn their backs to their enemies because they have become a thing devoted for destruction themselves. I will be with you no more, unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Proceed to sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, There are devoted things among you, O Israel. You will be unable to stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall come forward tribe by tribe. The tribe that the Lord takes shall come near by clans. The clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households. And the household that the Lord takes shall come near one by one. And the one who is taken as having the devoted things shall be burned with fire, together with all that he has, for having transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and for having done an outrageous thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near tribe by tribe, and the tribe of Judah was taken. He brought near the clans of Judah, and the clan of the Zerahites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zerahites, family by family, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought near his household one by one, and Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, Give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him. Tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, It is true. I am the one who sinned against the Lord God of Israel. This is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from Shinar and two hundred shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, then I coveted them and took them. 
They now lie hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent the messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites, and they spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, son of Zerah, with the silver, the mantle, and the bar of gold, with his sons and daughters, with his oxen, donkeys, and sheep, and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord is bringing trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him to death. They burned them with fire, cast stones on them, and raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, that place to this day is called the Valley of Achor. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. For if we willfully persist in sin after having received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful prospect of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has violated the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more punishment? How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by those who have spurned the Son of God, profaned the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified, and outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." And again, the Lord will be his, the Lord will judge his people. Is it a fearful thing to fall into? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. morning and welcome to the 10th Thursday after Pentecost. This morning, as I promised, we've um, moved forward in the, in the psalm from 89, now we're in 82. Um, well, not forward, but we've switched up our psalm. And then we have a reading from Joshua and another from Hebrews, focusing on judgment and uh, fear and transgression. The reading from Joshua may require some context um, and that is that <clears throat> uh, Joshua is when they're taking the the promised land um, and before they become kind of a confederation of tribes um, no longer wandering but still trying to sort out you know their identity and and their place in this land and they've just taken the city of Jericho um, Jericho is the first city that they take in this you know, military campaign. And they're told explicitly, there's very clear instructions not to take any spoils of war. And this is also part of uh, this liturgical event that um, brings down the walls of Jericho. Um, they're led by the band and they circle the city seven times every day for seven days. And then the walls fall and they, they take the city. And when they do that, uh, even though they're told, don't take anything, nothing belongs to you, it all belongs to God, um, this young man, Akan, uh, sees some gold and silver and, and takes it back to his, his tent to hide it. And uh, God tells Joshua, you know, something's wrong. Um, I'm going to judge the people of Israel because my anger is burning inside me. And it's because Akan has violated the, uh, 
the agreement, the the rules of war, so so to speak, rules of engagement. And um, Joshua's nervous. He falls on his face, and God says, "No, no, no. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to bring me everybody, and the, the you know I'll slowly winnow them down, and I'll show you who it is that's done this thing. And the punishment uh, for doing." this thing is uh, death. Akan and his children are all killed and burned with fire. Um, and it seems really steep. Um, the um, There's this mention that's important that they're called the devoted things. Jericho became devoted to God, um, just like a sacrifice that they would have made um, or they will make eventually in the temple. Um, the Hebrew word is haram. And there's a uh, pacifist theologian who believes that this is kind of what the Old Testament violence is largely about, especially in Joshua and Judges. When uh, a thing is devoted to God, it becomes a sacrifice. And in this passage, I don't know if you noticed, but very briefly, there's one mention that... Israel will become devoted to God if this, if the devoted things are not returned or given up, um, and that's, or that's this idea that um, death or murder or killing or what, however you want to define it, is actually a, a kind of sacrifice that it doesn't necessarily take on moral dimensions. Uh, it's not that Jericho necessarily did anything wrong. Um, but that's simply, they have become devoted to God. Um, and the, th- the things that are devoted to God are slaughtered and killed and consumed by the fire. Um, they will be. Um, and then the, the priest eats them, uh, and nobody else. Um, so these are the, the devoted things. And uh, the, the ownership of God... Uh, we heard that in Psalm 89 the last several days. Um, this isn't to make light of it or to justify um, what a lot of people call genocide in Joshua and Judges. When you know one group of people goes through and kills another group or groups simply because God told them to. Like, that just doesn't fly <laughs> um, anymore. Um, but we also have to remember that this is a story that this group was telling themselves. So... It isn't necessarily accurate. It's telling a story for its own audience. And its own audience was intended to be Israel. So all of us Gentiles, modern people mostly, um, it wasn't intended for us. It wasn't intended to be historically accurate. What this story and others like it are telling Israel, um, likely, is that God is in charge and God is vengeful. God is angry. Um, And this brings us to the reading from Hebrews where um, it talks about a fearful prospect of judgment and brings in fire um, that will consume uh, those who are um, against us or against God. Um, And punishment is this overwhelming theme in this short passage. Um, And it also brings up profaning things. uh, profane the blood of the covenant by which they were sanctified and outrage the spirit of grace. So there's something about cleanliness and um, 
doing these things that violate our agreement with God that can actually make God angry. Um, and it, it recalls this line, vengeance is mine, I will repay, which was an encouragement not to take matters into our own hands, not to kill um, those people that have done something wrong, but to allow God to do so. And God will. The Lord will judge his people. Um, the Hebrews closes out. Um, that the important distinction is between humanity and God. It is up to God to create as well as to destroy. And this is one of those passages also, or this theme that makes a uh, Christian suspicious of using military force, and rightly so. Um, but the context is not always as easy to parse out. It isn't so um, simple as saying, well, you know, um, God kills so we can kill, but it also isn't so simple as, well, um, this offense is against us and the, this offense deserves death. As Christians, we are called to give that to God and allow the... Um, the unfolding of God's justice to take place rather than taking it into our own hands. To Canaan, a hymn by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Where are you going, soldiers, with banner, gun, and sword? We're marching south to Canaan, to battle for the Lord. What captain leads your armies along the rebel coasts? The mighty one of Israel, his name is Lord of hosts. What flag is this you carry along the sea and shore? The same our grandsires lifted up, the same our fathers bore. In many a battle's tempest, it shed the crimson rain. What God has woven in his loom, let no man rend in twain. What troop is this that follows, all armed with picks and spades? These are the swarthy bondsmen, the iron-skin brigades. They'll pile up freedom's breastwork. They'll scoop out rebels' graves. Who then will be their owner and march them off for slaves? What song is this you're singing? The same that Israel sung when Moses led the mighty choir and Miriam's timbrel rung. To Canaan, to Canaan, the priests and maidens cried. To Canaan, to Canaan, the people's voice replied. When Canaan's hosts are scattered and all her walls lie flat, what follows next in order, the Lord will see to that. We'll break the tyrant's scepter, we'll build the people's throne. When half the world is freedom's, then all the words are own. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. 
Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.